Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with uh, the tenacious Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean, it's we, we just finished up Wild Card Weekend. A very bad wild card weekend, I, but it was wild card weekend. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I, you know, I, I'm not going to say it was a bad wild card weekend because I mean, I, I, I'm. I feel even though our our picks were very bad, and we'll get into that in a minute. But um, I enjoyed wild card weekend for the most part. Um, for the most part, yes and no. I mean, um, my boys did not come out on top, not by a long shot. We'll get into that more. But uh, that that's what made wild card weekend for me but, just fabulous. Uh, a lot of the games weren't very close, in my opinion. I mean, AFC especially. NFC was a bit better of matchups I was shocked by. but uh, Defensive football. Yeah. Defensive football this weekend. We got to see a lot of good defense, which is something we haven't seen, I mean, really a whole lot throughout a majority of the season. I mean, it's been a very offensive football all throughout the year. Uh, we got to see some defensive football this weekend. A lot of, a lot of low-scoring games. Low-scoring games. Absolutely. I, I think... Uh, not one game went over 24 points. So, I mean, you, you had, I mean, the highest scoring team, wild card weekend was the Dallas Cowboys with 24 points. That's that's relatively low scoring uh, for playoff football, which, I mean, I, I you expect at least one of those games to be a blowout, and uh, it wasn't. And we, we got to see some interesting teams eliminated that we didn't expect to be eliminated. Um, we had two number three seeds get knocked out. Uh, we had a number four seed get knocked out. I mean. Kind of wild. Kind of a wild one. Kind of fun. Wild card teams reign supreme for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, it was it was wild, man. I, 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 had, I had a great time watching a lot of these games. A lot of them came down to the wire. Uh, the Cowboys game came down to the wire. Um, I even, think even the Ravens Charger game came down to the wire, despite it not being as close um, ultimately. Um, yeah. It came down to the wire. Um the only one that really didn't come down to the wire was the Colts-Texans game, which, I mean, the Colts, they looked, they looked fantastic. Uh, the Colts' defense, weirdly enough, looked fantastic. Oh, so, I know. I mean, um, it, it was just... Watson had no answers. Yep, fun week. We also uh, we had a little bit of coaching carousel go on this week. Um, since since we last were on the air, the coaching carousel, I mean, things have got a little wild. We, we saw some shifting, change places, as you like to say. We got <laughs> we, we got a lot of that going on. Um, certain certain uh, coordinators getting jobs. We had one guy say, "Hey, I don't want to do this anymore." We, I mean, we we got to see some college. We actually did get to see a couple of college uh, guys come up. You know, some brand new young head coaches. Um, a few of them off the uh, Sean McVay tree there. Uh, and 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 maybe it, it might be an indication of of what we're going to see in the future when it comes to uh, the NFL as far as offenses go. Uh, and and as far as uh, the offensive style of play that we're going to see moving forward, so I'm I, I'm kind of excited about that personally. I think they're going to all be busts uh, when it comes. That's bold. That's bold. I, I, it is bold, but I think these guys that came off of the uh, the Sean McVay tree, they're going to wind up being busts. I don't think there's only one Sean McVay. Let's just face it. Let's face right. that fact. But there's only can, one McVay. Maybe he can mold the next. Uh... Well, he's still the next generation. He's still young. Yeah, he's a young guy. He's the youngest head coach, and isn't he the youngest head coach in history or something? Yeah, last like year he got hired. He was thirty. Yeah, that's that's a young. He's younger than I am. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But uh, so 
we're going to get into scores here. Um, you ready to rock, Tyler? Absolutely. All right, and ladies and gentlemen, here are your scores for Wild Card Weekend. Um, starting out with the uh, Colts and the Texans. The Colts go up on the Texans 21-7. to um, Marlon Mack, the big story, uh, 148 rushing yards. He uh, sets the Colts' single-game single, single game of a playoff record for rushing yardage there. Big um, game. Man. You know, but uh, unsung hero, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it. I have never seen an offensive guard push people around the way that Quentin Nelson did over the weekend. Oh, uh, he was throwing he's an, people. He's an animal. Throwing people. I've, I've never seen anything like it. During the game, Andrew Luck, um, 19 for 32, 222 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Mack did have 24 carries for 148 yards and a touchdown. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, five receptions, 85 yards. Uh, Dontrell Inman, four receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown. Chester Rogers had four for 46. And Eric Ebron, uh, three receptions for 26 yards and a touchdown. Ebron did get hurt in that game, which uh, could very well hurt the uh, the Colts. Um, with the Texans, Deshaun Watson, uh, 29 for 49, 235 and a touchdown and a pick. Um, he also ran eight times for 76 yards. Uh, Lamar Miller was, was relatively relatively quiet, even though he's going to be in the Pro Bowl, which is strange. Five carries for 18 yards. He's been quiet all... I don't understand why he's in the Pro Bowl. I don't get it. And he beat out Joe Mixon for it, which is strange. Uh, Kiki Cootie led the team in receiving 11 receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Lamar Miller, eight uh, receptions for 63 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, five for 37. And uh, Alfred Blue had two for 11. So, I mean... Um, Relatively pedestrian game for uh, Houston. The shining light for them is probably Kiki Cootie. Yeah, Kiki Cootie. Yeah, he had he was the really the shining light for them. Watson uh, he had to make a lot of plays with his legs. Was under pressure a lot of this game. Colts defense really stepped up too. I mean, they really held uh, Watson down, made sure he wasn't completing any any huge plays. Uh, the, you know, the defense did their job and, and Andrew Luck rolled with it. It was it was a. Uh, to me, this the score could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, they it could started have been. off really bad. It could have been. Uh, and, and the Colts, I mean, Marlon Mack was was just he's been a breath of fresh air for them since last year. So I mean, uh, but but I got to tell you, Quentin Nelson. I mean, one guy, one guy gets selected in the first round, comes into that offensive line, and man, I, I mean, he was just ragdolling people. I mean, it, he is is something to behold. Um, I, I was amazed by, by uh, what we were seeing out of him and, and creating run lanes for Marlon Mack, um, creating uh, a, a beautiful pocket there for Andrew Luck to throw out of. I mean, he, everything he did, everything he was doing, everything that O-line was doing, everything that that defense was doing, I mean, and, and the Colts receivers, they, they didn't get a ton of yardage from, from Andrew Luck. He was spreading the ball out a lot, but he had time to throw. He had, he had the ability to, to get the ball where it needed to go. And Mac had running lanes. Yep, Mac had great running lanes. And that, I mean, 148 yards is definitely nothing to sneeze at. Um, I mean, I I got to tell you, I'm, I'm impressed with this Colts team. And I'm but surprised. looking like a uh, Marshall Yanda, Joe Thomas in their prime. Yeah, he's, he's when when he was selected, they were saying he was the, the most pro-ready lineman that was going to be coming out of the draft. And they were right. And they were absolutely right. He has been been nothing short of, of miraculous. And, we, and we both knew he was going to be good, but I think, I, I think we both thought they needed more than just one piece. But he's proven that he can... Uh, yeah, he's holding he, it down. He, he can get it going. He's holding it down. I, I mean, it, I, I hope that he has a nice long career. I mean, NFL guards usually have themselves, especially the interior linemen, they usually have themselves a, a very long, long uh, uh, career. 
So hopefully he has himself a nice, long, stretched-out career, especially for that Colts team. They need that protection for Andrew Luck, and, and it showed you know, he, he can get it done when he's got proper protection. As long as nobody falls on his ankle or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a little too soon? A little too soon. A little too soon, especially for this next one. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Oh. Um, oh. Saturday night, we have the uh, number five seed Seattle Seahawks travel to number four seed Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Cowboys win this one, 24-22, and what was arguably the best game of, of the uh, of Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, it was fun. It was back and forth. Yeah, very fun. Uh, and, and Dak Prescott becomes the first Cowboy uh, quarterback with a pass and rushing touchdown in a playoff game, which is kind of a cool thing. I mean, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's I neat. Mean, it's, it's interesting. Just kind of one of those interesting little tidbits. You would, you would think that for as many years as he played, it would be Romo or the Aikman. No, 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 no. Dak Prescott. They're not really rushers, though. No, no, and that's the thing. is Dak Prescott all day. And I'm seeing that star. The more you know. <laughs> um, Stat-wise, uh, on Seahawks' side, Russell Wilson, 18-27, 33 yards and a touchdown. He did what Russell Wilson does in game managed. It just wasn't um, good enough. Yeah. Um, Rashad Penny um, actually led the team in rushing on four carries, 29 yards, uh, Chris Carson had a rough, rough time getting the ball moving. He ran the ball 13 times, only for 20 yards. Look at that 1.5 average. It's awful. Oh, gosh. We got Penny at a 7.3. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson did run the ball three times for 14 yards and got in the end zone. And uh, Mike Davis saw some action for carries 10 yards. Bad average there. Mm -hmm. Through the air, Tyler Lockett was kind of the... uh, Golden Goose this, um, during this t- for this team this week. Tyler, he had four receptions, earned 20 yards, and six targets. One of those unsung heroes of that team. Really. Oh yeah, and it kind of has been all year. Yeah, he's he's a speedster, and I like his vertical routes. But Tyler Lockett's incredible. Ed Dixon four receptions and 42 yards, and Doug Baldwin three receptions, 32 yards. Mike Davis also got two receptions through the air on 22 yards. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys side, uh, Dak Prescott game managed a little bit better. Um, 22 for 33, 226 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Ezekiel Elliott was kind of the big story here, as we've always said. Um, the Cowboys team is run by Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, 26 offense. carries, 137 yards, and a touchdown. Dak Prescott also ran the ball six times, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Um, through the air, Amari Cooper had himself a game as well. Seven receptions, 106 yards. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott also had four receptions, 32 yards. And uh, Cole Beasley, three receptions, 28 yards. Yeah, he injured his ankle. Or he got hurt. He injured his yeah, ankle. Injured his ankle in this game. Um, I got to tell you, I, Amari Cooper continues to impress. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that Dak Prescott is is Troy Aikman because he's not. Let's just face that fact. He's not. Absolutely. He's not Aikman. But what we can say about about Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, is is it's eerily eerily similar to the Aikman, Emmett Smith you know, Michael Irvin combo, where you had just the three big pieces um, throughout the field, and, and uh, you got to love it. you got to love it. Same uniforms, I different guys. I think it's eerily similar to uh, 2015 Seahawks as well. Yeah. Um, without yeah. the as good of a defense, because this defense is not what that defense was. I don't think. But it, they're playing good enough ball right now, driven by a, in this case, Elliott versus Lynch. Yeah. Um, the the uh, They're hot. The Cowboys' defense isn't isn't anything you know uh, to lose your mind over, but at the same time, it's still very good. And and um, the the guy that I I'm really enamored with and still am is, is Leighton Vander Esch. I, I just think he is just top notch. He's been been uh, 
kind of setting that that uh, linebacker course straight. Him and, and Lee have been very good together. I like Leighton Vandrup. I like him a lot. I, I think he's fantastic, and, and uh, I, I really he's going to have a great career in this league. Um, you got to love everything that he's doing. Uh, now, this one. Let me take a break. Is that okay? Uh, no, no, no. I, I had to listen to, to my guys get trashed in week 17. <laughs> now, uh, this one, uh, you know what? I, I'll tell you what. You, you're gonna. I know you're gonna have plenty to say. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go into the Sunday night game first, and, and we're gonna talk a little bit because I've got a lot to say about this one. Um, Philadelphia Eagles and Chicago Bears. The the Eagles uh, squeak by the Bears. Um, the Bears basically beat themselves. Uh, Eagles win 16 to 15 to advance to the divisional round. Nick Foles 25 for 40, 266, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Darren Sproles led the team in rushing 13 for 21 yards. Wendell Smallwood had eight carries for 20 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Elshon Jeffrey, six receptions for 82 yards. Zach Ertz, five for 52. Golden Tate, five for 46 and the game-winning touchdown. Nelson Aguilar, three for 32. Uh, And Smallwood also had two for 20. Dallas Goddard also had two for 20 and a touchdown in this game. Now, uh, on the Chicago side, you got uh, Mitchell Trubisky, 26 for 43, 303 and a touchdown, no picks. Good game. Yeah, he had an all right game. Low on touchdowns, but it was a low scoring type of game. Yeah, Jordan Howard, 10 carries for 35 yards. Taylor Gabriel, 2 for 20. Uh, receiving wise, Allen Robinson, big game for him. There he is. Where's he been all Yeah, 10 receptions, 143 yards and a touchdown. Taylor Gabriel had 4 for 37. Josh Bellamy, 1 reception for 34 yards. Anthony Miller, 3 for 34. And Tariq Cohen, 3 for 27. Now, Here's what I'll say. Very defensive uh, game here. I, I got to enjoy some very good defensive play. The Eagles' defense looked fantastic. Some people would call this game boring, but I enjoyed this one. I, I enjoyed the defensive style of play that we got to see. Here's the kicker. I thought both both quarterbacks, I think Mitchell Trubisky, obviously, he, statistically, he performed better than Nick Foles. My problem comes in where I've been hearing all of this hoopla surrounding Nick Foles and how good Nick Foles is. and. Everybody's calling him, you know, Big Stick Nick and all this other nonsense. Uh, first of all, let me just say, 266 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. I mean, he wasn't exactly accurate. He wasn't exactly reading the defense very well. I think um, he lucked out. fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, he lucked out. Uh, he had one of his guys get a fingertip on that ball that Parkey kicked off, that Parkey kicked, uh, winds up hitting the upright. He wins by inches, inches by a fingertip. Really, and that's and that, and that ball still got a lot of distance. I mean, oh yeah, that far. So I mean, that fingertip might have went with the ball. I mean, yeah, it could have. I mean, it, it was it was absolutely ridiculous. Cody Parkey, you know, he blasted the first one through, and the second one it would have gone through had that that fingertip not whacked it. At first, I was like, oh man, he's squeaking it in there, but it it you know hit the goalpost. Uh, the Bears beat the Bears. That's yeah. what it comes out. The Bears beat the Bears. In you know. Uh, Cody Parkey is the most accurate kicker in the league this year. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. It's a lot harder to hit a ball oh, yeah. than it is. Yeah, the, that's. And he's hit, he's hit it ten times this year. Yeah, it's a it's a good good. Yeah, he has hit that goalpost a lot against Minnesota. He hit four times against Detroit. It's hard to do, and so in a way, he's, he's the most accurate kicker in football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, here's my my issue. You know, I've been hearing all this this big narrative about. Oh, well, the Eagles should just trade Carson Wentz. You know, first of all, I can't wait. You know what? Here's what I hope goes down. The the Eagles are going to walk into New Orleans this week, and Drew Brees is going to say enough of this nonsense, 
and Drew Brees is going to kick the living daylights out of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, yep. and, and that's what I, I hope goes on. That's what I expect to go on. That's what I want to see happen. I hope it happens that way. And they're going to be a nice, rested New Orleans team that that is just going to be ready to rock. I hope that they tear the Eagles a new one come this uh, Sunday here. So, really, I, I'm, I'm tired of this Eagle stuff. People are saying trade Carson Wentz. Keep Nick Foles around. Okay. Carson Wentz is three times the quarterback Nick Foles will ever be. Yep. But there is some risk with Carson Wentz and an injury bug. I mean, that is worth looking at. But here's my Wentz is still your quarterback. But look, we can't forget that Nick Foles was a turd at the beginning. And before we, last season. Yeah, and, and before last season, we can't forget that, that Nick Foles. You know, like like everybody's like, oh, he's won four in a row. No, his team won four in a row. You know, he, he goes it goes up against St. Louis, who's got a quietly crappy defense, yep. really. And and he goes up and he puts up 270 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick against them. Then he the only one I can give him credit for, and you and I were talking just before we went on the air. The only one I can give him give him credit for is Houston. He played a great can game against though? Houston. Can I? Yeah, he four touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Four touchdowns. Yeah, I wouldn't have that. But my thing on Houston is Houston's not playing the same. Way they were when they first started going the hot streak. Yeah, and look at this past week. Their defense has slowed down um, since uh, the last time they played the Colts. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're still they're still winning games, but I mean, I, the Eagles beating them to me is, is and on paper, yeah, it's impressive. But Houston was starting to slow down in the later parts of the season, around, around the same time as the, the, the Rams were. Mm-hmm. And and also, you know, then they go in like the next game. They go and they beat Washington, and everybody's acting like it's a miraculous feat. You had a third-string Josh Johnson hanging out on the field, and and he he winds up putting up a goose egg, and then you're standing there surprised. How how is this surprising? You know, and then and then he also beat him without DJ Swearinger on the field. The 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 Washington secondary is falling apart by this point, and they're going to tell me that the Philadelphia Eagles are are doing some amazing thing by you know uh, beating Washington. And making it to the playoffs, like cut me a break, cut me a freaking break. He didn't do anything incredible. I would hope that should beat Washington, for Christ's sake. And then they go in and they squeak one out against against uh, um, uh, uh, a Chicago team that really, I mean, played poorly. Let's face facts; they didn't get their running game going like they normally do. Um, they, they go out and they beat Chicago, and when they beat Chicago, everybody's go, "Oh, well, look at him go." He beat them barely. He beat him by a point, a and yeah, by a by a point and a fingertip. Really, it was a fingertip. And and Cody Parkey, I mean, granted, Cody Parkey should be gone. He was the second most inaccurate kicker in the league this year. Did you know that? In the seven. Yep. He 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 was the second most inaccurate kicker in the league. So I mean, am I a am I supposed to sit there and and vouch for Parkey? No. But am I going to sit there and say that Nick Foles is something incredible? Absolutely not. And I can't wait until this this weekend because I want the New Orleans Saints just to pound him into the ground and leave him crying afterwards. Well, if uh, if Parkey does stay on the team, I just uh, need idea oh, for home games. Oh, geez. Do um, you know at certain games they, 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 they hand out different signs or stuff that they want to use? Mm-hmm. What you do is um, anyone who's in who's in who's in like let's just for lack of a better word to say it's seat 15 is a section that's behind. Uh-huh. 
everyone was in the field goal time, they hold up, everyone has like a piece of a, of a post, so that, now the post is in the center. Yeah, aim oh, for the center. aim for that. He can <laughs> aim for that. There you go, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, you could have like a, a big yellow line right there, basically. Yeah, and then, and then you, you, you paint the uh, actual goal post um, a different color so he doesn't see them, so he just sees the ones. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. That's very smart. Now, um, Tyler, the next game, um, I, I know you've got lots to say about this one. And, and I'll chime in as necessary because I, I know that there's there are things that um, you and I both saw. We were texting back and forth. You were at the game. You, you actually got to go to Baltimore, which is a good time being in front of that home crowd. That that was, that was the only really cool part in yeah. the city. I mean, it, it was a really cool experience. I'm, I'm still really glad I went. And, and for a stadium that's considered such a turf, because really the stadium is considered uh, by and far one of the – actually that's one of the newer ones. Yeah, it's considered one of the crappiest for real. It's based on what? It's, it's, it, there's been many lists that come out that, that have said the stadium is, is one of the worst in the NFL. I thought it was better than Ford Field, in all honesty. Oh, no, really? So Beer prices were great. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would hope so. Shit. But, in Detroit, you're paying nine bucks for a Bud Light. Yeah. But, um, but uh, this game, we were texting back and forth about it. Um, and, and I was I, I know I picked up on a few things that I saw on TV, and, and I didn't know if you had seen them. And... and uh, you and I were kind of on the same page on a lot of things with this football game. Yeah, I'm just going to jump right in here. Um, Go ahead. Qu- quoting uh, one of the best TV villains of all time, Negan, um, the L.A. Chargers beat the holy hell out of the Baltimore Ravens, despite the score. Um, yeah. they, they go up 23-17. The Ravens did have a chance to win the game. They, they got the ball back with about a minute or so to go. And uh, Lamar Jackson does what Lamar Jackson does and fumbles the ball for the 17th time Jeez, okay. since week six. Jeez, okay. Or week, or he's played eight games. Since he's, he's fumbled the ball 17 times. Wow. That's a, a, led the league. Yeah, I was going to say he led the NFL. And he only played half a season. Yeah. Lamar, okay, I'll do the stats and formality. Um, Philip Rivers actually had a worse game than he had the first time. So he goes 22 for 32, 160 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Melvin Gordon, 17 carries, 40 yards, and a touchdown. He didn't have a great game either, but he did get in the end zone. Austin Eckler, 11 carries, 29 yards. Um, through the air, Mike Williams with the team. Two receptions, 42 yards. Keen Allen had, showed, showed up two, four receptions, 37 yards. Antonio Gates, four receptions, 35 yards. And Austin Eckler, four receptions, 14 yards. On the Ravens side. Oh, boy. Um, Lamar Jackson. Despite what the stats showed to be on his second best game of the season, this is in the fourth quarter when it all kind of happened. Yeah. He goes 14 for 29, 194 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Lamar Jackson ran the ball nine times and 54 yards. Gus Edwards ran the ball eight times, 23 yards. And Kenneth Dixon ran the ball six times, 13 yards. Kenneth Dixon led the team in receiving three receptions, three yards. Louis Snead, three receptions, 50 yards. Michael Crabtree, two receptions, 38 yards and two touchdowns. And Mark Andrews, three receptions, 31 yards. The defense is really the only thing going for the Ravens here. And, um, they, they, uh, Chargers had to field goal Ravens to death because the defense did their job. Um, they only allowed one touchdown, and, um, and they were very bend don't break as best they could, despite always being on the field because the Ravens couldn't get drive going. Yeah, they I also heard. blocked the punt and blocked the field goal. The defense did everything they could to get the offense a chance. At one point during the game, they actually came out and showed a statistic where, at, and it was, it was crazy. The Chargers were leading um, the game. I, I think it was near the end of the second quarter or middle of the third, but it, it said uh, the Chargers were leading 146 passing yards to like 12, 13. Yeah, it was it was bad. I mean, I we were, I was sitting there going, "Holy sweet Jesus!" Um, 
Lamar, I mean, at one point he he didn't complete a, a, a pass for what a quarter and a half at, at, at one point. Um, at, at one point, at one point the stat showed up he was two for eight going in going into that play, and I was like, what is happening? You know, and and you said that that the the shining spot for you guys uh, was the defense, and I agree with you on that. One guy that that you gave a pretty bad rap to, and I gotta I gotta slam you on this a little bit. One guy you gave a pretty bad rap to that came out and scored points, Michael Crabtree. He did not seem to have a drop problem. So I have to uh, forgive him because he caught two balls and, and caught him successfully just because they were in the end zone. You know what? After a whole season of failure. You know what? He, did he have a whole season of failure? The, I think he, I think he might, I think he, that's half such on the. <laughs> you know he didn't have a great year. He didn't. I'm not going to sit here and say he had a he had a bad year. But he did come out in the fourth quarter. He did show up. Um, I, I would argue that he's probably one of the only receivers that did show up outside of Willie Sneed. Um, Since uh, Lamar Jackson came in, Willie Sneed has by far been the most targeted by uh, Lamar. Yeah, yeah. He, he And Lamar in the fourth quarter, now in the fourth quarter, it was like a different guy came out. Um, there were some accurate balls being thrown that I was actually really impressed with. Um, he, he was chucking the ball all over the yard. Um, he was dropping a few right, right in the bucket there. Um, really, guy. Patrick had three touchdowns in the regular season. Wow, so he yeah. your match. Right. So I mean, but Lamar came out in 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 the fourth quarter, dumping him in the bucket there, really hitting guys on deep passes. So and and that's where I'm going to go with this. Lamar, in the offseason, Lamar has to work on his ball control. As far as holding on to the ball. Yep. Um, that's got to be something to address. And luckily, that's something to me can be taught. Yeah, um, can protecting the ball better, but. Um, this, despite everything we both said on his accuracy, looking at the fourth quarter alone, Lamar Jackson kind of showed that when he has to throw and actually and actually puts his focus on throwing the ball, he shows that he has the potential to be a decent passer. Yep. But I think I think what he gets so tied up in is um, wanting to run the ball first that when he does have to throw it, he's like, oh crap, I can't I can't yeah, run, I can't so run. I gotta throw, I guess, and he doesn't put as much energy into it. And but when he when he made plays where he had it for the ball, he looked decent. Yeah, the, the Chargers learned from their past game. Um, they, they came out and they stacked the box eight deep. Uh, that was, that was which, some, is, which is ballsy. It, it, it's ballsy. And it because they knew he wasn't going, he wasn't going to go up on it. Yeah, uh, it was ballsy, but but they, they knew he wasn't going to throw the ball a whole lot. They were looking to come out and do the same strategy that they, they had earlier on in the year when they took on the Chargers a few weeks ago. Um, they, their thought process was, hey, we're just going to do the same thing. We're going to run the football with Lamar. We're going to be handing it off a lot, and that's how we're going to beat the Chargers again. And in a way, it's kind of, they, the Chargers kind of did what the Ravens normally do. The Ravens weren't running eight deep all year, but they were probably running six or seven at least. Their defense was so good this year. It's like, you know what? We dare you to throw it. We, we bet you we're going to get to you before you get the ball out. And, and, and a lot of times that's what it was. Phillip Rivers, I mean, from a technical standpoint, numbers-wise, he underperformed, obviously. But we saw Phillip Rivers do certain little things to give his team an edge. And, and one of those things was Ravens were bringing that vaunted uh, uh, blitz um, off the edge that we like to see. Um, one of your boys with Judon was having himself just a game. Yep. And, and we, got to see, we got to see some good plays out of him against the running attack, especially he would, he would get Gordon in the backfield. And they really they helped Gordon with 17 carries for 40 yards. Uh, he did get in the end zone one time, but, I mean, 17 carries for 40 yards for Mel Gordon is, is a very – um, uh, underwhelming game for a running back of his caliber. No, but if you look at, at Rivers, though, um, things that I saw, they were they were bringing blitz off the edge. Rivers would recognize it. He only had 160 yards, but he was very, very good at game managing, and he was very good at recognizing that blitz coming off the edge 
and getting to his underneath guys so he could make you know plays with his legs. Hundred percent, I, I agree. And and they may have field goal him to death, and that was fine. At one point, I think it was what twelve nothing. But I mean, going into the half, I think it was twelve nothing. Yeah. But I, it was they they were just field goaling and field goaling, and they were just going to go ahead and chip away at the Ravens as much as possible. They were going to take points as they could get them. That's all they had to do. Yeah, and you have to against the, that Ravens defense. You got to take points where you can get them because that Ravens defense is pretty pretty incredible. But uh, Rivers did his job. I mean, even though even though his his yardage totals weren't Philip Rivers, because we're used to Philip Rivers just going to town on on defenses and playing. I mean, this is his plays. third straight game of under 200 yards passing. Yep. he's having a streak of kind of a slow play right now. Yeah, and they they they've played hard teams too. They played some very tough teams in going into the final part of the season. Very tough defenses, but he's still managing to get it done, which I like. But uh, 160 yards, Philip Rivers. Was it an amazing game? No. Was it was it anything worth writing home about? No, but but did he did he make? And then also there were two plays where he made plays with his legs. Phillip oh yeah, Philip Rivers had. It was funny. He he ran the ball two times on one drive, and one was for nine yards and one of them was for eight yards, and and he uh, the eight yard one came first and it was his longest run of his career, and then the nine yard one came second and it was the longest run of his career. So. I, I, I was laughing so hard at that. I was like, wow, look at Phillip Rivers making plays with his legs. Um, and he actually wound up running three times for 15 yards. I think he had one run that, that went for yards. But um, ultimately... One thing that's clear to me in the draft, especially when Ravens are sitting at 22, you're gonna, that, that's about the time a lot of those uh, the, the offensive um, linemen are starting to go. They, they need to get some more offensive line help to um, continue to protect Lamar going forward if he's truly going to be your guy. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of offensive tackles that are going to be going off the board early. Offensive guards, I mean, there is a surplus of, of offensive tackles that are going to be going um, late first round and then all throughout the second round. Uh, there's only there's only about to be in that case. Yeah, there's only one offensive guard that is really uh, worth anything, and, and he's going to go about mid-second round. So, I mean, not a lot of guards going in this year's draft. A lot of tackles, though. People have been looking at offensive tackles, offensive tackles, offensive tackles. I don't blame them. Um, you know, and, and there's going to be some teams that are going to be taking a look at that that guard. He's the number one ranked guard. Um, I forget his name. But uh, in any case, that is uh, that is your scores for Wild Card Weekend. It was a fun Wild Card Weekend. I had a good time with it. Um, and... Uh, Man, oh man, we we've got this one's shaping up. This week is shaping up to be a potential time it's be a of good week. It's going to be fun. Uh, you could see a, a a day of blowouts. It's possible, um, judging by some of the teams that are going to be taking each other on. Um, I'm excited though. I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, comes out for our. We got two Saturday games, two Sunday games, and then we start getting into uh, the NFC and AFC championship game. Uh, next week, which will make this even more of a fun time. <laughs> Down the nitty gritty, just about. So yeah, yeah, this is gonna yeah. be a very physical week. And then, and then you and I get to get into our favorite parts of the year. We get to start talking about wild or uh, uh, free agency, and we get to start talking about about uh, the NFL draft. We know that uh, both of those are our um, our favorite days of the year. The, the yeah, draft, the and free agency. Football, I, I, we'll, we'll probably end up back in every other week. Really depends on probably. Um, right around free agency time, we'll make sure we're, we'll definitely make sure we're broad, we're doing one that week. And yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. We got to make sure we're on, after we're on free Super Bowl. Agency. We'll kind of just kind of eyeball it, and, and it'll yeah. There there could be some big news stories that that are going to make their way out, and we're going to be talking about those. Um, but uh, you know, it, really, free agency in the draft in this year, and and I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and throw this out there. So this year, Tyler, 
because of the feedback I've been getting and, and a lot, I've gotten some messages, I've gotten some people posting on, on uh, my page when I, I asked about it. And, and so for the draft this year, I usually do my 1 through 32. I'm going to do the whole 256. I'm going to be a shit show. It's going to be a shit show, I know, but I'm going to go right down the line. I'm going to do the whole the whole NFL seven-round big board just right down the line. 256 picks. I'm going to see if I can do it. If I can do it, it'll be freaking sweet. I mean, I, I don't see why not. And, and that'll be posted on our official Facebook. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna post. Um, so and and I think that's gonna be kind of fun because normally I only post my big board, my one through thirty two, on my personal page. Not only will I be posting it on my personal page, uh, the two fifty six, but I'll also be posting the the two hundred fifty six picks on my uh, on the uh, outside blitz page, and and I'll put that in the notes section on our outside blitz page, which will be a good time. Um, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy it, but we will when when the time comes. For that one through thirty-two, we're going to be talking about that one through thirty-two. We're going to go through that big board on the line uh, or on uh, the air with the the first round. Absolutely. So we'll be doing that. Uh, so with that, Tyler, Saturday, January twelfth, right here, we've got our predictions for the divisional playoffs starting with Saturday, January twelfth. Um, you ready? Do it. All right, here's your predictions for the divisional round. Uh, the first game, uh, the Colts. Since back up with quick hair um, last week, um, was a rough week for both oh, of us. Yeah. Uh, I got all four wrong. Scott only um, scooped out with the Chargers. The Chargers. Yeah. for both of us. So I'm, I'm making a comeback here. Yeah, so as far as regular season, I won that um, by, by three games. But I was doing the playoffs. So I'm, I got an 0-4 start. You're at 1-3. So total, I'm at 161-97-2. And you're at 159-99. I'm starting to catch up now. Um, so, starting with the divisional playoffs, we got the Colts and the Chiefs, 435 on Saturday. Uh, Colts are hot right now. I'm going with the Colts. Really? Yes, I am. Andrew Luck is hot right now. The offensive line is, is protecting him the way they should, yep. and the defense is, is showing up right now. I, I, you know, I think Colts take advantage of the uh, bad defense in the Chiefs. Yeah, the, the Chiefs could be in trouble. Uh, the, the Colts are playing good ball. Marlon Mack is uh, the, the Colts are, are really coming out hot. Marlon Mack is, is just murdering it. it but I'm I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs are going to run away with this one. Um, I think Mahomes is uh, he he's a monster. That's what Mahomes yes, is, is. And, and if he plays like Mahomes plays, then. See the the interesting thing about the Chiefs and and it's kind of a similar thing um, with with uh, their one of their counterparts from the NFC. They were hot when they first came into the season. The Chiefs have somewhat slowed down near the end of the year, here. but yeah. but now they've got a week off and then they're coming back. And uh, I'm nervous. If if I'm the Colts, I'm scared to, to go into Kansas City. I'm going with the Chiefs. I believe Patrick Mahomes is just going to fire it all over the place. I think the Colts are going to find themselves in trouble. But the, but the first time in the playoffs, we get the better of him. It could it could get the better of him. You could see that because in a way, he's still a rookie. Just yeah. had a year to sit behind. Uh, yeah, you you oh. people people say you know he's not a rookie anymore. He's a rookie. Period. He's a rookie. This is his starting uh, his first starting year, and and he's played very very well. He's been really red hot. I just think that Chiefs offense is going to be too much. They're going to overwhelm the Colts uh, points-wise, and it's going to be a. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I really do. Uh, one thing that the Colts don't have going for them is Eric Ebron is hurt, um, and he might be out. You don't know, but Eric Ebron is hurt, so that could that could negatively affect the Colts uh, going into this game. 
Saturday, 8.15 p.m., you've got the Cowboys in the Rams. Um, the Rams kind of falling apart at the end of the season. They get the week off. Uh, the Cowboys have actually, they, they make it past the, the uh, Seahawks there, who were very, very good um, defensively anyway. Um, this one could be a blowout. Or it could be, and it could be a blow, and then the reason I'm saying it could be a blowout, it could, it could go either way. It could be a blowout either way. The Cowboys could blow out the Rams, because we saw the Cowboys early on in the season shut down the New Orleans Saints. So, I mean, it, it could be a, a blowout for the Rams, or it could be a blowout for the Cowboys, or it's going to be a very, very, very close game. Yeah. It, it's not going to be anything in between those spots. It's going to be blowout one way, blowout the other, or very close. I think you have no, 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 no. Because it's not going to be that three quarter of the way mark where the Rams, is, where it's, you know, it's where it's like your Ravens, where it's twenty three seventeen final. It's either going to be like fifty two to ten Rams, or it's going to be thirty five to nothing Cowboys, or it's going to be, you know, real tight one point game. I'm going with, uh, I'm going to go with the Rams coming off of the bye. Uh, I, I think uh, even though they've been a little rough, Todd Gurley's going to be coming back. Jared Goff is, is going to have that week off. He's going to rest up. McVay is going to be doing his homework on the Cowboys. I, I mean, people are saying the Cowboys could win this game, and, and they're playing very, very well. They're playing good ball, but the Rams are going to step up here. I think your boy Aaron Donald's going to come out. He's going to blast Dak Prescott. Um, I think this one's going to be fun. I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, this could be a good one. I'm just kind of looking at um, which defense has the advantage. Um, advantage Rams. Um, which uh, quarterback has the advantage? Advantage Golf. Which running back has the advantage? Advantage Gurley. Barely. Uh, yeah, barely. I was going to say. You're talking arguably the two best uh, running backs in the game. Yeah, you're almost splitting but, uh, hairs with it. Yeah, but uh, I think Gurley's the better back. I think Gurley has the better supporting offense. So I believe that um, they're going to get the job done here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to Rams here as well. Okay. I think uh, Golf is the better quarterback. Mm. It gets into a, into a gunslinging test. I think oh, golf yeah. has the advantage there. I so think I'm, so. I'm going to Rams. I'm, I'm going with my early, Your Super, early Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, I even did my week eight again, didn't I? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you, you um, did week eight. Doubling down here, sticking with the Rams. I'm sticking with them. Uh, divisional playoffs. Sunday, January 13th, we've got divisional playoffs. 1.05 p.m. you got got... Uh, Chargers at the Patriots. Uh, Chargers coming to Gillette uh, after beating the uh, Ravens away. Chargers have been looking all right. The Chargers defense is is kind of the story here. They shut down uh, Lamar and the Ravens. They, they made the move they needed to make. Now they can kind of dip back. I think the Chargers own a win over the Patriots early on in the season. Do they not? I mean, they played. No, did they not play? I, I, I thought they might. Anyway, uh, Chargers... Um, and the Patriots. Uh, this one's going to be an interesting one. You got two of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, going at it: Philip Rivers, Tom Brady. You've got, and, and really, they offensively they all have a slew of weapons. They really do because you've got uh, the Patriots have Julian Edelman, they have Rob Gronkowski, but Gronkowski has not been the same Gronkowski that we've seen. Um, Julian Edelman is is kind of starting to, to fall apart. Oh, uh, they didn't play yet. Um, yeah, so, but then they also have their, their change of pace backs and their primary backs. Uh, the Patriots, Sony Michael has kind of come alive here. James White coming out of the backfield. On the other side, you got Melvin Gordon up the gut, and you got Austin Eckler catching out of the backfield. I mean, opposing Eckler, you got James White. Yeah, James White. Well, I already said James White, didn't I? 
We said Sam Michael. So we might have said Michael. I mean, Michael and uh, Gordon are your two uh, main backs. Yeah, you main got backs. Eckler and White, White is your change of pace guys. Yeah. So it'd be a good little. They're they, they're running very similar offenses. They are um, very pass first, uh, very um, pro style offenses. That's that's the best way to put yes. it. Back to fundamentals, I think, is is the big thing, and and I think. Uh, in this one, I, you know, people are going to want to take the Patriots. and I'm and taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers as well. I'm going with the Chargers. Uh, I, I hope that Rivers comes out and just whacks them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to get ugly. It's, it's going to get ugly. Um, but I, I think Rivers is going to be the guy that, that – uh, it, it'll be very similar to the Ravens game where, where he kind of squeaks one out. I think that's what you're looking at. I hope he gets the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've always wanted Philip Rivers to get a Super Bowl, um, and I always wanted the Chargers to get a Super Bowl. So that'd be exciting. And actually, it's one of the teams that, for as many years as they've been in the league, they've never won a Super Bowl. One year. Yep. So uh, it would be kind of cool to see the Chargers finally get one, especially um, with the uh, the move to LA. You know, so that that's kind of a fun thing. Be a little sad. Well, oh, they never did it in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, last but not least, 4.40 p.m. on Sunday, you got the number six Eagles against the number one Saints. Um, I hope, beyond hope, that Tom Brady stomps a mud hole and Nick Foles and the Eagles and walks a drive. That's what I want. Well, for that to happen, you have to win this game go to the Super Bowl. You mean Drew Brees? Drew Brees, Brady. yeah, I don't know why I say Tom Brady. I hope that Drew Brees does. Did I say Tom Brady? Oh, geez. I hope that Drew Brees stops the ball in him and walks it dry. I hope that the New Orleans Saints just kick the living snot out of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Saints are an incredible team offensively. Their their defense, um, while it was a little pedestrian early on in the year, um, it's been oddly good recently. Yes. In, in, in recent weeks, uh, the Saints defense has uh, uh, come alive and and. We, we got to hear a little bit about how uh, uh, people were saying negative things about the, the Saints defense. And and somebody came out and said, well, our defense isn't crap, our defense isn't crap. I think it was Sheldon Rankins may have come out and said, you know, our, our defense isn't crap. And, and uh, you know what? Recently, in recent weeks, they, they tore it up. Uh, were they top of the top of the league? No. They were 19th in the league. Eh. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Better than Chargers. Better than Chargers. Yep. Better than Texans. Really better. Yeah. Better than Titans. Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, were they were they wonderful? Were they amazing? No. Better than Minnesota. Yeah, better. That. Okay, something's go. Something's not <laughs> right here. Backwards. Uh... Something's not right. It's backwards. Oh, is it backwards? Put that again. Uh, they marked it backwards. I started. I started freaking out here. Uh, I, as soon as I, as soon as I felt like, like something's not right. No, something is not right. It's See, still not right. It's still not right. It, it didn't straighten it out. Yards allowed for yeah. I was going to say so. Minnesota. I was going to say Minnesota had the number four ranked defense in the league, and, and this thing is backwards. I don't understand why it's backwards. That's insanity. Oh, there it goes. goes. There it goes. Jesus. So um, fourteen. Yeah, Saints were so 14 up of, the, of the middle. Yeah, so I mean, they, they don't have a bad defense. They really better came. than Redskins, better than Rams. Yep, they came on in the second half of the year. Um, really, they have a good defense. They have a very good. They have a good defense, and and it's it's come alive. I like it. 
Um, they get their team off the field. They get Drew Brees on the field. I, I think that the Eagles are going to have a hard time. Now, the Eagles' defense uh, in the postseason has been very good. Let's, yep. let's, let's just point that out. I mean, there were 23 in the league going into the postseason. But right now, they're number one ranked in the postseason. Um, they, they slowed down a, a tricky Chicago defense, or Chicago offense, rather. Mitchell Trubisky has been getting a lot of... Uh, Nagy, Nagy and Trubisky are interesting because Nagy feeds Trubisky a lot of trick plays, a lot of plays um, that, that look like it's going to be a heavy pass and it turns into a run to Taylor Gabriel. They like doing that a lot, a lot of weird pitches. Um, we got to see that stuff. So I, I'm going with the Saints, first of all. I'm going to start there. I'm going with the Saints as well. I'm going with the Saints. I think Drew Brees is going to come out and smack the living crap out of them. But... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and um, say that the Eagles Eagles defense scary, but not scary enough. And I think the Saints shut them down. Thoughts? No, I I'm, I, I agree. I, I think uh, I think the the charade ends this week. I've, I've been saying this. Um, Eagles are not that good. Tenth most penalized team in the league. Um, or his defense penalty. And what I was getting at is the, the Saints are the most disciplined team when it comes to penalties. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, and I think that's kind of where they've been good is they're not giving away stupid yards. Yeah, they're not. They're not giving but, away. Yeah, they're, they're the least penalized team in the league. This is, to, to me, this game's going to be a blowout. It's yeah. not even going to be close. Yeah. It shouldn't be. Yep. I mean, I, I think that the Saints are going to come out and just annihilate um, and, and we're going to see uh, Drew Brees do what Drew Brees does. I mean, he, he absolutely narrowly got beat out for the MVP. Narrow. I don't think it's narrowly because I mean, Mahomes put up a lot. Oh yeah, Ma- Mahomes was was great, but but they were talking about Drew Brees and, and Mahomes, and everybody said Drew. Brees Only because you have to have a two man race to talk about. I, I next guess. Best guy to me, it's Mahomes and Mahomes' right arm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's possible. Who gets the MVP, Mahomes' arm or Mahomes' leg? I mean, that's a toss up. Um, I'm gonna go with well, maybe Mahomes' eyes. I mean, they're able to one way and throw on others. True. <laughs> so uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, those are your predictions for uh, the divisional round here in the NFL. And um, we got a big week coming up. We got some news around the league coming up. We've got uh, the. We're going to start talking a little bit about the coaching carousel here. That's that's been going on. We've had a lot of coaching changes go on. We're going to have a little bit of Tyler's top ten. Uh, we're going to go into all that good stuff uh, coming up right here on the Outside Blitz. Stay tuned. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, 
Donnerdy! And I'm here with Scotty Freightdown. Yay! <laughs> um, so here we are, Tyler. We we are uh, we hit the coaching carousel. It's kind of like, uh, am I the only one that feels like like coaching right now? Like like when when coaches get fired, then they start getting picked up. There, it's kind of like become like a second free agency. I mean, change places. Yeah, yeah. It's became, honestly, it's become like a second free agency. We we In saw. A way. Yeah, we. It, it's kind of like almost as exciting. You know, Black Monday rolls around the the Monday after um, uh, the the season, and and really, it it just becomes a lot of fun. You get to I see coaches going every which way. Coaches, I don't think um, coach hiring should be able to happen until after the Super Bowl. Really? Why? Because a lot of teams want to interview guys who are on current playoff teams, so they have to request to interview them, and then, but then in most t- cases they have to wait until after the playoff the team's been eliminated where they can do it well it depends on on if a team is um how long a team has a guy under contract um if a guy if a team already has somebody under contract even as a coordinator the team has to go out and request an interview with the guy yeah but if you do a playoff team a lot of times they're waiting to talk to the playoffs or anyway yeah so it, there's a lot of gamble because like oh do i wait to interview him or do i just go hire somebody yeah, else just go hire your guy so i i think you should wait until after the playoffs are over to that way there's no waiting yeah there's no waiting uh, also i mean a lot of college guys got moved up um we got to see that we got to see a man come out of retirement this week which is exciting um you knew he was going to get itchy eventually you knew he was um, but uh, one guy that you will not see return is Mike McCarthy. Um, he has now officially said he's, he's sitting out the 2019 season. Because he said there's only one team that he wanted to coach. And it was the and Jets. And that was the Jets. Yep. And now the Jets have signed uh, Gase. Yep. Adam be their next head coach. Yep. Adam Gase gets signed to be the new head coach. That happened earlier today. Um, this is a good signing. I, I like Adam Gase. I, I think this is this yeah, we, is. We talked about him being. It's kind of unfortunate he's being he's being let go despite yeah. Miami having fairly good seasons. Fairly good seasons under him. Uh, he's got his work cut out for him over there. The Jets lack a lot of personnel. Uh, they they need some. They need help over there from an offensive side, a defensive side. I mean, I think the only thing they have going for him is a decent kicker. Really. Um, yeah. They they need they need some help. Adam Gase is going to have to turn it around. The good thing for him is that he's got a nice rookie quarterback. Um, well, now he'll be in his sophomore year. Is is uh, Sam Darnold, which uh, gets very exciting for Adam Gase. He gets a nice young mind that he can mold, um, and we could see Sam Darnold thrive under the Adam Gase system. He also had uh, Quincy Anunwa get re-signed uh, last week. We talked about that a little bit. So Adam Gase winds up getting signed, but Mike McCarthy will not be back, and it's kind of sad because Mike McCarthy is a very very good head coach. Um, I mean, the man won a Super Bowl. With, yep. the, with the pack, I mean, he he won a Super Bowl. I, I you can't you can't crap on Mike McCarthy, you can't. And um, I've actually had the privilege of meeting the guy, uh, and and it was he was a nice guy. He's a very nice guy. He knows what he's talking about. Um, I got to sit in. I'm a head coach through certified head coach of USA Football, and uh, it it was one of those cool things where you got to sit down and, and meet him and and do a little seminar with the guy, and and uh, it, it was exciting. He but you can tell he knows his stuff, and. Uh, He's going to catch on. Whether if it's not this year, which it doesn't seem like it, obviously it's going to be next year. I think you're going to see Mike McCarthy waltz right back into the league, and he's going to be just fine. You know, if if not, 100%. if he doesn't go to a college team, I mean, he could always do that as well. Big money over there. Obviously, we saw Jim Harbaugh a few years ago. So um, yeah, and and as far as uh, Adam Gase goes, like I said, personnel. 
That's that's going to be the big thing. He's going to have to sit in and get some personnel. Um, him and his his general manager over there in New York, they're going to really have to do some do some work. Uh, there's not a lot that they can grab in free agency as far as like offensive linemen go. There's a lot more going on in the draft this year than than we originally uh, thought would be. We had a lot of guys declare that we didn't expect to declare. We did. We only had one guy pull out of the draft. That was Herbert. Um, but uh, wow. Wow, this I think it's a good coaching selection. Oh, I think so too. The Jets have a big future ahead of them, and they're they're on they're on their ups right now. Yep. Now a guy that I didn't think was a good coaching selection. Well, first of all, a guy that that isn't going to be a head coach this year, and it's it, we we I, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about this guy. Uh, Josh McDaniels will return to the New England Patriots as the offensive coordinator. No surprise. Because no, no one wants to give him a job because he's gonna he's just gonna back out. Yeah, he's gonna say, oh, I'll take the job. Nah, I won't. Um, he will not be out there. Uh, he will be returning to the Patriots as their offensive coordinator. I think he. People are starting to realize this guy's a bonehead. Uh, they're not going to want to hire him. I don't think anybody wants to hire him at this point in time. Um, well, I mean, what's happening is he's obviously going to be the next head coach for the Patriots. That's the main reason why he stayed. Probably yeah, I think something. so. I think that's the case. He probably got promised, and and they're, they're going to draft his next big quarterback at some point here in the next year or two, and and they're going to hand him that job. And really, I think he's going to crap the bed when he takes that job. Uh, Guys that have come off the Belichick tree, I don't know if you've noticed, they have not done well. They really haven't. The only guy that's really done well is Bill O'Brien over there in, in Houston. And yeah. he, he's, he's had, what, four three, four division titles in, the, in his tenure over there in Houston? Bill O'Brien's a good head coach. But, um, yeah, this is not going to be uh, uh, a fun time for, for McDaniel if he, when, he, when he does finally become the head coach over there, and I think that's what they're aiming for. I think you're absolutely right. If he does wind up as a head coach, I think he's going to crap the bed. I think he's going to be awful. And I'm I'm excited to see that, to be honest, because I'm so sick and tired of this guy after that charade he pulled last year with Indianapolis and uh, uh, going out there and saying, yeah, hey, I'll take the job. No, I won't. No, to hell with it. You're a piece of garbage and I don't like you. So um, that's that's uh, something that, that uh, we and, – and he was tied originally – to the Green Bay Packers. They said the Packers were looking at him. Packers actually wound up going with uh, Titans offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur. Um, not bad. Not bad. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, LaFleur's offenses weren't tremendously successful. Uh, he did well with a very injury-riddled Marcus Mariota, did he not? Yeah, that's why I think he did a good job because we for a good part of the season, Mariota wasn't wasn't playing, and they they still they still managed. They still went to, made it to the end of the season, and just about made the playoffs. Yeah, um, Marcus Mariota, he's he's uh, a very good quarterback, but he's very injury prone. Um, he still managed to get it done, which which I absolutely appreciate. Um, I, I it depends on what he did, what he gets done with with uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, and and there's there's some work to do there, especially from a defensive side of things. I mean, it, this is. I don't know if you noticed. There's a lot of offensive coordinators that are going as head coaches right now, mm-hmm. um, especially this this off season. It's the first time we've seen this kind of run on offensive coordinators getting moved up to those head coaching positions. And I think they're seeing a lot of this. Um, you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to continue to see a lot of that because these uh, the, uh, the the league is becoming a little more offensive minded. And you know, it, it, I, I get it on on certain in certain aspects. I do. I, I get it 110 percent. And then at the same time, it's like you still gotta have a defense. And a lot of these yeah. a lot of these teams just don't know how to run a defense. A lot of these head coaches don't know how to run a defense. Sean McVay. I mean, whether or not we we agree out with it or not, Sean McVay does not know how to run a defense. He doesn't. He's got one of the worst defenses in the league. So um, on paper, they should be great, but they're not. 
So, I mean, I, I think Sean McVay just doesn't know how to run a defense, but you're going to see... Or they need a better DC. Yep. You're going to see a lot of these these uh, um, head coaches that are offensive-minded coaches coming in to these teams, and, and that's what you're going to see go on. Um, this guy, I mean, like I said, I LaFleur, is he, is he a tremendous offensive coordinator? Eh, questionable. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, now... Another guy that, that wound up getting scooped up, uh, this one, okay. So Vic Fangio gets hired on as the Denver Broncos head coach. They're set to hire him. Um, they're also set to hire, now I like this, they're set to hire Gary Kubiak as their well, offensive coordinator. Gary Kubiak? He was, he was a, he was a uh, um, what was his official position? He, he, he was within the last two years. Uh, yeah, but the, they're hiring him as offensive coordinator this yeah. time around to go with Vic Fangio. I think this is a match made in heaven. I think it's a very, very good selection. Um, Vic Fangio is is a great coach. He, he actually, he really is. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited for for the Broncos' future. I, I think they're going to have themselves a great time. And and just uh, the stars could align just right. Um, you know who the offensive coordinator was for the Ravens when Joe Flacco had his um, career season? Who's that? Gary Kubiak. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that is right. You're not wrong there. So I mean, Gary Kubiak is a good. He's a good head coach. Um, we remember Gary Kubiak for he had a couple. If I'm not mistaken, he had a couple of years over in Houston there. And did very well over there with uh, Matt Schaub. Actually, Matt Schaub yeah. of all people was was putting up numbers that you like until you believe. until the pick sixes started. Yeah, then then all that nonsense started. But he did have he had one very 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 good year um, before the pick sixes started, mm-hmm. and that that great year he led him to the playoffs, and he looked damn good while he was doing it. Yep. So well, uh, I, I could see Flacco uh, being traded to Houston if, if he wants to play there. So that that might make them a uh, landing place. That could be a thing. Um, and I think Washington's still going to be the favorite, at least for the, the yeah, long term here. Yeah, especially I, with how close it is. How close it is. I think to they're, they're going to attempt to take care of Joe on this trade. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say that that the Ravens would, but hey, what can you do now? Like another guy returning to his returning to his team in a different role, kind of. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, my Vikings go and hire Kevin Stefanski as their offensive coordinator. He took over as interim offensive coordinator for three games. Uh, they were seeking Mike Malarkey, um, and and they were they were checking out him. They were hoping that Malarkey would bring Russ Grimm with him. Uh, Stefanski was looking to become the head coach of the Browns. He gets beat out, um, and Kevin Stefanski returns to the Vikings offensive coordinator. They're looking at Joe Philbin for the offensive line coach right now. They did get permission from the Green Bay Packers to interview him. I hate this. Uh, I don't like it. I don't uh, like it. The Vikings were supposed to have one of the best offenses this year. Yep. And under Stefanski and his and his predecessor, they were not. In two of the games that the here's the thing about the the Vikings offense, they did very well against the Lions. They did very well against um, Miami. They did very very well. Um, Stefanski abandoned the game plan that they were utilizing so successfully when they took on Chicago in Week 17. And it showed. They started doing the same damn thing that, that we got to see out of Joe Filippo and, and throwing the ball all over the yard. It was unsuccessful. They wound up getting beat 24-10, getting eliminated from the playoffs. Can Stefanski be successful? That has yet to be seen. We got a very, very small sample size from him. Um, I'm sorry. But I, I don't think he's going to. My prediction is, is Stefanski um, brings the Vikings to just missing the playoffs again next year and, and puts Zimmer in the hot seat. Yeah, Zimmer, I mean, right now he's already in the hot seat. His contract's up at the end of the year. I don't know if they're going to wind up extending him or not. I think Mike Zimmer is a very, very good head coach. 
Um, Stefanski and Zimmer just have to get on the same page. Zimmer likes that West Coast power run offense. Uh, Stefanski did a great job utilizing that West Coast power run offense uh, in those first two games where he was running the team uh, or running the offense. Um, my hope is that he does really well. Obviously, I want to be proven wrong here, but well, that is yet to be seen. Now, one big thing that they're going to have to do in order to make him successful is get him some offensive line and possibly a new offensive line coach. They they uh, they did wind up losing their off- Tony Sperano. Uh, he died in the offseason. Um, yep. So we they, they had to go ahead and get a, a new offensive line coach and interim, and he did not do well. Um, Sperano took their offensive line. It was actually one of the best offensive lines in the league the it year was. before um, because of his schemes. So... You just gotta. We gotta hope that Stefanski gets it done. I like Joe Philbin. I think Philbin could be a, a solid selection for an offensive line coach, and and would really do a good job keeping Cousins protected. Um, and and Cousins also had an issue with batted footballs. Um, footballs getting batted down. Uh, so here, I'm I'm just in one thing. I'm really glad about, and I'm just gonna throw this out there. Thank God it's not Hugh Jackson, because <laughs> we, yes. we we heard that nonsense, that narrative. And uh, I'm just not a fan. Um, another guy that got brought in as an offensive coordinator, Dirk Cotter. Uh, he winds up he winds up getting uh, picked up as the Falcons' offensive coordinator. He's walking into a good situation. Oh yeah, very successful situation. This is this is good for him. Pass happy team. You got uh, a better quarterback. You're not going to have that quarterback wagon going on that you had. But if your offense is not on par next year, you'll be one and done. Yeah, I think so. This, this offense is too good for you to come in to go the wrong direction. Yeah, the uh, um, Julio Jones is obviously going to be a monster this year. Yeah, he is every year. You got Calvin Ridley on the field. He likes to throw the football. That's the thing. Is is Dirk Cotter likes Matt Ryan. Likes to throw the football. You know, Matty Ice likes to throw the football, and you know, Matty Ice likes to hit Julio Jones. He likes to hit Ridley. They both had big games this year. I like this. I think this is going to be an exciting thing. Um, it, it's cool. It's it's it's, yeah. it's a cool thing. Um, and sure. I, I think you're, they're going to be. Kind of one of those those greatest show on turf type of of offenses this year. That's that's my bold prediction for these this team. They're already good. They're about to be great under Dirk. So I, I'm I'm excited for him. I'm excited for that one. Uh, now, another now over now Cotter got fired. He got canned from from Tampa Bay. The guy taking his place, very very successful head coach Bruce Arians uh, gets hired as, as the Bucks head coach. And then on top of it all, very good defensive coordinator, Todd Bullis, the former head coach of the Jets, gets hired on as the defensive coordinator. Um, making moves. Making I moves. Like it. Uh, the Buc- I like it. The Bucks had to deal a fifth and a seventh round pick over to Arizona to get the rights to Arians because Arians was technically still under contract with the Cards. Um, but I like this. And... Another thing that that and it's going to shake up my mock draft a little bit because originally at a few weeks it was what last week I was talking about how the Bucks were going to wind up taking Dwayne Haskins. Bruce Arians has come out and said my whole offense is going to be built around Jameis Winston. He had nothing but positive things to say about him. So last few weeks have been fun because I, I I get to do it again. I told you Winston's <laughs> going to be this team's quarterback next season. And uh, Bruce Arians, I mean, we're, we're going to see what he does. But I'll tell you what, if Jameis Winston doesn't perform, Bruce Arians is going to be on a hot seat already when he comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that'll that be a big one. Um, it's a, it's a good move for the Bucks. They're going to have. I, I think the Bucks are going to revamp things a little bit. They got to make. They need some personnel on the defensive side of the football. Todd Bowles got his got his work cut out for him. 
Um, they're going to have to go in, especially in their secondary. I think their front four is very good. I think their linebacker is very good. But you you got to get some secondary over there, some secondary help. They got passed all over uh, all this year. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, for their sake anyway, that, that they get some secondary and, and start fixing this team up. But, uh, yeah, Todd Bolas, he's got, he's got some work to do. So uh, that, that'll be kind of exciting. Um, one thing, and so I'm going to talk about one that I really didn't like. Uh, and, and then a move that he's going to do uh, that I'm really not going to like, or the move he's looking at doing. Now, Arizona goes, and he, he's a former USC offensive coordinator. He got fired from Texas Tech after three straight losing seasons. Um, he's hired as the Cardinals head coach. And I don't like a college coordinator who hasn't been a, a coach coming in and coaching the NFL right away like this. Well, he was he was a head coach in, in at Texas Tech, and he was yeah. bad. Um, he was bad. Three years in a row, bad. He had losing seasons over there. This has um, back-to-back one-year coaches... Oh yeah, all over it. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. He goes to USC. He he was um, their offensive coordinator. He did all right over there. Nothing really to write home about. And he's hired on as the the Cardinals head coach. I don't get it. And then on top of it all, he's gonna he's looking at Ben McAdoo. Um, in, he's in the running for one of his coordinator positions. It was unspecified, but uh, he's looking at Ben McAdoo now. Here's my thing about this, Cliff Kingsbury. He has lost. Basically, here's what I'm gonna say. He lost his way into the NFL. I mean, really? Yeah. He's, he's lost his way into the NFL, and then after he lo- he, he lost his way into the NFL, um, he goes out and and goes. Well, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna go pick up another loser like Ben McAdoo to help me. Like <laughs> I just I don't get it. It doesn't make any freaking sense. Uh, I, I it's just mindless. Really, it's mindless. It's it's arguably the most like Arizona. If they were looking and and for for his sake, for Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury's sake, I hope I'm wrong. But I I think Cliff Kingsbury's. A, a, I think you're spot on. I think this is going to be a disaster. It's going to be another disastrous year for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's going to be bad. And they they, I mean, I I think I think what their mindset is is well, Josh Rosen's a fresh quarterback. He's fresh out of college. He could use a college coach. No. It doesn't work like that. I get Cliff Kingsbury. He comes from that Sean McVay tree. That's what he comes from. But I'm sorry. It's just not going to be as successful as Sean McVay. I think you're going to see him take a big, fat, steaming dump in the middle of the field. I agree. So that's going to be nonsense. Um, now, the big one, however, and and uh, it, it, <laughs> it surprised me and it didn't. Um, so the Browns go out and they hire Freddie Kitchens for their their head coaching job, right? So last season, let me let me rewind the clock here. So the Browns go out and they fire Hugh Jackson, they bring in Greg Williams. Greg Williams goes out, the team rallies around him, they go 5 and 3 in 8 games, which is pretty damn good for a team that that was not doing well for the first part of the season. Uh they were still in the running for the playoffs in week 16. Mm-hmm. Even though they weren't they weren't close, they they had to win out and they needed some help. They were still in the talks of the playoffs, and they were a big, basically a middle of the road team. They wound up seven and nine this year. Am I wrong? I think that that's about it. Mm, that was six. Yeah, they're at six. Oh yeah, six nine and one. Yes. Yeah. So because they had the tie. So, I mean, Greg Williams. Um, so Freddie Kitchens, the head, the the offensive coordinator in the, this offseason, team rallied around Greg Williams. But, but he Freddie wasn't Kitchens, he wasn't the coordinator the whole year when when they let Hugh Jackson go. Todd Haley got let go as well. Yes. So 
Freddie Kitchens gets picked up as now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns as of this week. Um, and Freddie Kitchens decides, he comes walking in and he goes, well, Greg Williams, I know the, the team rallied around you for those eight games, but you're fired. So they fire Greg Williams. Then he fires the special teams coach, Amos Jones, the special teams assistants, Josh Cribbs and Sam Shade. And then he fires the quarterbacks coach, uh, Ken Zamp- Zampezi, and the offensive line coach, Bob Wiley. He basically went through clean house and fired everybody. Um, Freddie Kitchens, I, I, th- I feel Freddie Kitchens just didn't like anybody. I, I, th- could be. I, I think Freddie Kitchens was like, I hate you people. So You're all fired. Here's where I'm at. I disagree with this signing as, as your head coach. Um, since the firing, yes, the, the Browns were arguably one of the hottest teams in, in, in the NFL. Yes, um, and a lot of that due to Freddie Kitchens and, and, and his play calling for the offense. Yep, Greg but, Williams' defense was not good. No, was, so I, in, in terms of Greg Williams versus Freddie Kitchens, I agree in going Kitchens. But Kitchens was your old corner for a half a season. Leave him there. Yes, get someone who knows how to run a whole team. Yeah, and I think Greg Williams was better at running the whole team. They could have gotten a better defensive coordinator and, and kind of swung it from there. Um, Greg Williams was was a uh, – uh, I think the team got around Greg Williams. And uh, I, I think that this was a, just a stupid firing. I, was Greg Williams' defense, you know, anything to, to scream and yell and say yay about? No, but at the same time, he was a good head coach. And, and I'm, I'm kind of disagreeing with how the Cleveland Browns handled this. I'm disagreeing with how Freddie Kitchens handled this. I thought it was just bad. I thought it was unprofessional. Um, I don't. I don't like the way that the Browns have handled this coaching situation. I, I, Freddie Kitchens. I mean, he had a good offense. He had a high-ranked offense, which is good. Good for him. I mean, in those last eight weeks, they were hot. And you can't. I don't think anybody can say otherwise. Freddie Kitchens did a good job. But I don't. I don't know that Freddie. I. I can't get behind any of this. I just can't. I thought Greg Williams should have been the head coach. I think he should have. I uh, I agree. I mean, so uh, that it's just that was weird. Now, here's one. Just gonna throw this out there. Uh, we reported last week Mike Mayock he gets hired on as the GM of the soon-to-be Vegas Raiders. Um, Mike Mayock went on the record as saying, and I quote. John Gruden has the final say on our roster. So he's just as crazy as Gruden is. I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't know what in the hell is going on. <laughs> I think they're all nuts. Uh, There's something in the air. Yeah, I don't know. Or something. I don't know. Is John Gruden, like, does he have, like, a screen set up where he's just, like, keeping people's eyes pried open and brainwashing them as they sit there watching... You know, videos of cats dying and things like like is that what that's what going on? Where I will believe in John Gruden. Like, no, this is absolutely ridiculous. Um, John Gruden has made some of the most auspicious, outlandish, ridiculous moves I've seen in the NFL and in recent memory here. And I'm confused. I'm confused by the fact, I mean, it's good that Mayock has the rapport with John Gruden, but then at the same time, John Gruden has been absolutely off his rocker uh, making those moves happen. So I'm kind of like, eh, you know, it's just stupid. <laughs> I think it's going to be a shit show. I think it is. I think it's going to be an absolute shit show this year. Um, not impressed. Not at all. Uh, this It's just bad. What's going to end up happening is they're going to end up trading Derek Carr to the Patriots, and all of a sudden Patriots are going to be set up for the next 10 years again. <laughs> 
Yeah, basically. Now we pissed. Yep. Now, uh, uh, we had a few action. We had a few uh, 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 injuries, rather. Guys, some guys returned to action. Some guys did not. Um, we're going to go over those injuries real quick, uh, especially going into wild card weekend. We had, we did have a signing, weirdly enough. We had a signing. for They called it a futures contract, I guess, that they can be signed to. Um, Thomas Rawls does get signed by the Jags. Um, I like this signing. I think it's a good signing. Thomas Rawls, good player. Uh, to me, this is uh, means that Yeldon's out the door. Yeah. Because um, Yeldon kind of sat with Fournette and kind of backing Fournette up. Yeah. So Yeldon's been replaced with, with Rawls. And I, I expect Fournette to probably be on the block. Um, I agree. Come the, come the off season, I I think that that Tom Coughlin has had enough of his crap, um, and and I think that Fournette has no has had enough of Tom Coughlin's crap. I think. And I'm on Fournette's side in this one. Yeah. Just anything that's happened, I think uh, Coughlin's losing his mind a little bit. Yeah, I'm. I'm They're gonna, they might lose out one of the one of the um, next great uh, running backs. Yeah, I'm. I'm more so on on Fournette's side. Um, I understand Tom Coughlin's stance. At the same time, I'm. I, I stand with Fournette on this. You don't take seven point one million dollars away from a guy for a fight. I mean, less has ha- more has happened and less has been done. You know, in in past in the in the in recent memory, um, we've seen all out. We've seen referees get shoved on their asses before by by three hundred pound linemen over a flag hitting a guy in the eye. Yeah, and that guy didn't get anything taken away. He got a very minor fine. So to take away seven point one million dollars from a player, that's crazy talk. Um, so I, I think this is, this is the beginning of the end of Fournette and Jacksonville. Um, we did have, uh, some injuries though, uh, over the week, uh, defensive tackle, Denitro, Denico Autry, uh, he had a shoulder injury, Eric Ebron with a hip injury, um, safety Clayton Gathers with a knee injury, wide receiver Ryan Grant, Ryan Grant, Ryan Grant, wow. Uh, had a toe injury. Wide receiver T.Y. Hilton injured his ankle. Wide receiver Malik Hooker injured his foot. Wide receiver Dontrell Inman had a shoulder and finger injury. Defensive end Jabal Sheard had a knee injury, um, and he did not practice. Uh, all the others were limited in practice. Uh, a little banged up. Yeah, the, the Colts have, have or have they got some uh, kind of a sick ward going on there. Hopefully, um, it's not too bad. Uh, we were talking earlier. Cole Beasley did injure his ankle ankle for the Cowboys, so he uh, is going. He was limited in practice. We don't. We're not sure uh, um, if he's going to play yet. He's listed as questionable. His ankle injury wasn't as bad as uh, Alan yeah. Hearns. Oh my gosh! Um, Alan Hearns had arguably one of the, I guess, most, and we've seen a few of them this year. Horrifically bad, disgusting. Ankle injuries. Um, he he broke his ankle, broke his leg in two places. Um, the foot completely turned around. Um, I cringed. I saw him go down, and then I saw his leg hanging there, and his his foot was completely turned around. Toe like he was laying on his back, and his toes were facing toward the ground. It was disgusting. Um, Hearn says he's. I guess he got rushed to the hospital. He went right into surgery immediately. They they fixed everything up. He's obviously going to be you know on the shelf for a little bit, um, or a lot of it really. Uh, I mean, for Alan Hearns, I hope he he has a, a speedy recovery as much as he, as speedy as he can anyway. Hopefully he's ready for for next year's NFL season. But yeah, broken broken ankle, just disgusting. Just oh oh god. Um, also injured, uh, injured going into this week, listed as questionable. Eric Berry for the Chiefs has a heel injury. 
Um, that's a big loss for them. He's their their number one guy. Spencer Ware has a hamstring injury. Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins uh, with a foot injury. All three of them were limited in practice. Um, if the Chiefs are smart, they're going to rest him up. Doesn't Watkins always have a foot injury? Watkins is always hurt in some way, shape, or form. He's I think always his foot, yeah. too. He's always an injury-prone kind of guy. You think he would just be used to the foot injury by now and just start walking around in it. Like, oh, you mean like Brita? Yeah. Because yeah. his foot's been hurt all year, his yep. ankle or whatever it is. Yep, and uh, a guy that doesn't really kind of matter, but it It did. does, because I think they lost the game because of him not being able to play. Yep. Uh, Janikowski gets hurt on a long field goal, and, and it, it it was a hamstring injury. Uh, hamstring and groin, he winds up getting hurt, going going down, and they wound up having to go for two basically on on every touchdown. They had a drop kick uh, kickoff too. Yeah, yeah, they had to do that. So I mean, uh, Janikowski being out really affected the Seattle Seahawks and and may have cost them the game. I mean, the Cowboys may have gotten away with one there. Really, is this the beginning of possibly carrying a second kicker? It could be, or making your punter at least be someone who can kick a field goal. It could be. Um, they didn't trust their punter to do it. They they just didn't. And you saw this in um, Detroit a few years ago. Uh-huh. They had a uh, Sue kick the field goal. Yep, yep. We did see that, and Dominican Sue kick a field goal. So it's it's weird that there are a lot of punters that can't kick field goals. Yep. And and Janikowski said that that it was uh, something that he's he's never felt before. Um, it was a very long field goal that he, that he injured it on. It was, it was a 58 yarder or something like that. It was a big field goal. Um, and, uh, he, he heard it on that and he, he just wasn't ready to go for the rest of the game. They, they brought their punter out for certain situations, but they were going for two on basically every touchdown. Um, and it cost him this game. It really did. I think it did. It really did. It cost him the game. Um, wild, just a wild time. Seattle winds up, uh, losing based on their kicker going down. I mean, it, I guess it's 22. Yep. So, uh, a guy now coming back to, uh, to play this week, your boy, Todd Gurley, he'll make his return to action. Three weeks off. Three weeks off. Yep. And, and he was really, he, he could have played in week 15, but you know what? We're in, we, we, we can't win if you're hurt. So we're going to leave you, leave you, leave you rest. So I, 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 I think, think he's ready to go. I think it was a smart move leaving, leaving him and letting him rest up. Uh, Todd Gurley is going to come back hundred percent. He's going to hammer away. Um, and, and I'm, I mean, here comes Todd Gurley here, here he comes. And then another guy got activated off of the pup list, which, uh, he's been out all year and, and yep, got hurt in training camp yep, preseason, got hurt he, in Hunter Henry comes off the pup list and he's ready to play in the playoffs. And I, he, I was, don't, he was ready last week. I think he's ready, but I don't think he's going to have a big impact this week. I, I think he's going to be eased back into a game speed, and, and he'll, you'll you'll see him have more of an impact if they advance. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. But you you did get to see some playmaking, and, and not a ton, but I think it kind of opens things up. You got to see some playmaking, out, playmaking in his place out of the man we were talking about uh, early on in the year when he got signed as Antonio Gates. Uh, Gates did, old man Gates, old man going. Gates. Yeah, that thirty-eight. It was it thirty-eight, thirty-nine, something like that. Something like that. Uh, old man Gates came out, and uh, man, oh man, he was making plays and and making moves. He got a couple of uh, good first downs. I mean, it, it was it was interesting to see Gates get a couple of passes thrown his way. Um, yep, I mean he he got a couple of first downs and and in critical times too. They were very critical moments. You're talking like a third and eight, and he gets a ball and gets yep. it twelve yards. So I mean, you got to see him do a number of things, but Antonio Gates, I think it'll open things up 
for him. I think it'll open things up for Rivers. I think it could open up things in the passing game a little more, a little more on the deep ball. They're going to have to watch Hunter Henry if he's ready. Oh yeah. So so if Hunter Henry comes out, you know, firing on all cylinders, like they said, they he was ready last week. They said he was ready to go, and I think they wanted to give him another week and and ease him in. I think he's ready to rock, and and I'm excited to see him him rolling here, um, going up against uh, it, it'll, Tom Brady. It, it should be interesting to see how how, how he gets <coughs> used this week. Yeah, I, I hope he does. I hope he gets utilized really well. And uh, that's all for our news in the NFL. And, it's uh, time for the main event. It's time for your yeah. We're we're doing your, it's the main event today, isn't it? How about that? Um. So uh, Tyler, it is time for uh, a, a special little segment we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to be a good time, Tyler. Good time. What do we got today? What, what's our topic for the day? We're doing we're doing a top ten um, players, um, base, divisional impact players, divisional round impact players. Oh, okay, so our, our top ten players for the divisional round. Yep, that will okay. that will have the most impact this weekend. Okay, well that'll be that'll be a good one. Um, I, I do got one honorable mention that I wrote up in the way here. Oh, uh, Marlon Mack for the Colts. Um, after he, big, big, he's an honorable. He's an honorable. He's an honorable. It's a. It was a hard week. Oh. There's a lot of good players still. Plus, Marlon Mack just put up 148 yards. But what's the? I mean, how many how many players have done that multiple times in the playoffs back to back? Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. But it is against a bad Chiefs defense. True, it, it is. But the Chiefs offense is so hot that I think they're they're gonna have to be throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, Marlon Mack, he, he's he's an exciting player though. I'm I'm excited to see if he can if he can keep up this. This thing we were saying he was going to be an impact guy and he was going to be a long term runner. I think he's kind of shown he's going to be the long term runner. He's getting better over time, and that's that's something interesting we can say. He's been he's been getting better over time because I mean early on, not so much, right? Yeah, it, it, was, it was a rough start of the season for him. Yeah, and and he turned into something really really special. Uh, Kansas City's defense does rank number thirty one in the league, so I mean that that is something to look at um, moving forward. I'm I'm pretty excited to to see what what Marlon Mack does uh, this weekend. All right, number ten, Darius Leonard led the t- league in tackles in the regular season as a rookie. Yep, he's been on fire this year, and I think this is gonna, he's going to do enough to uh, he's going to he's going to rile up uh, Patrick Mahomes a bit this weekend and. Uh, Give the offense some some more opportunities to to score and get the ball down the field. Yeah, Darius Leonard is is an impact guy. Um, you got to love what he's doing. the The Colts defense has stepped up uh, in a big way. Um, number five in the league this year, so that's that's kind mm, of a, you're you're looking at postseason, bed. Oh oh, I'm sorry. Number five in the in the postseason, rather. Um, let me let me take a look at the regular season. See where they're at. Regular season's not great, but you, you have to hit go there too. I'm sorry, you need to calm man. down. You need to calm down. I, see, I had my <laughs> stats all pulled up. I was ready. Eleven. Was, see, they were eleven though. That's still very good. They're very good. No, you know, and, and they were bad, bad last year. So I mean, Darius yeah. Leonard's ter- helped turn this team around. Not quite uh, Khalil Mack levels. Not change, but but maybe eventually. Well, one thing we've seen out of the Indianapolis Colts is how one player changes a whole team. Um, and 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 can change the dynamic of of either a, a whole offense or a whole defense. Darius Leonard's one of those guys. We're seeing that out of him. He's completely kind of changes defense. Rookie season special. leads the league in tackles. Leads not, the league in tackles. Not not, not rookies. But and everyone. And we're we're talking, you know, in, in some 
a company like like Keekley, who who is an excellent tackler. Yeah, uh, guys like Mosley, excellent tackler. Mosley's led Ravens mm-hmm. team last few years. Last year, I think he, he was one of the top five. Like you're, you're, there's a lot of great tacklers, and, and he was above yep. all of them. Eric Kendricks, great tackler, and, and Nigel Brada, great tackler. So I mean, you got he's in good company there. So uh, uh, great job by Darius Leonard. I I kind of agree with this. I think he's gonna he's gonna harass Mahomes a lot, and we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot of pressure being put on Mahomes to make plays with his legs. But as we know, Mah- um, Mahomes can move, so he's gonna need some help from his teammates yep. to help isolate him. He can throw. He can throw on the run. That's a big yes. thing. He can throw on the run. So that's that makes Mahomes a dangerous threat. Number nine, Quentin Nelson, who's turned this offensive line around. I love Quentin Nelson. I love him. When he was picked up, I said he was great. I, but we I, just thought they need more, but he's proven because you know what? I'll just do it all. Yeah, we sat there. We we I remember when when we picked him up. We said this is we we both agreed this is a start. That was that was what our yep. exact words. This is a start. This is a step in the right direction for Indianapolis. They're gonna and and it, it wasn't just a step in the right direction. They basically just long jumped in the right direction. I mean, Quentin, absolutely. Quentin Nelson has just been mangling people. Um, we got to see him throw around people on, uh, for Houston this week. Uh, it, the Houston, the Houston D line had no answers for him. He was getting double teamed and 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 still putting him to, putting him to bed. So I, you got to love Quentin Nelson. Um, he's been excellent excellent at at protecting Andrew Luck. He's been excellent at opening up run lanes for Marlon Mack. Uh, he's awesome. So so great job for Quentin Nelson. I, I agree with you. He's going to be a, a big playmaker going into this uh, this divisional round. Number eight, Michael Thomas. Going to be a big part of uh, shutting down the Eagles this week. And I he's been he's been Breeze's go-to guy. I think it's going to continue this week and, and their week off. And they're Saints are come out hot, and Michael Thomas will be a big part of that. Let me uh, just point out, and um, I, I want to point something out when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, um, in in some sort of, of weird way, when the Saints get rolling, the Saints get rolling. And the Saints at the beginning of the year, coming out of the, the, the you know, weeks off, rough game against Tampa. And, but even then, even no. Even then they put up a lot points. of points. They put up a lot of points. but And then kind of a rough game against a kind of iffy Cleveland defense. Now, then they started really getting hot and started firing all over the bar, all over the yard. Um, they had, I mean, their toughest game came against your Ravens, really. And, and, and on the scoreboard, it showed they didn't put up as many points. Yeah, but I mean, oh, and then they, besides that, they were they were hot. Yeah, besides they, the Cowboys, game. the Cowboys game. But I mean, the the Saints take a minute to fire up, and they get real hot, and they have their peak. It's like coming downhill afterwards. They're running uphill, running uphill. They're jamming, they're jamming, they're jamming, and then they come back downhill. And uh, near the end of the season, you got to see the Saints kind of come downhill a little bit. Uh, week 17, I'm not even going to count that because they kind of had their JV squad on the field there. And they yeah, got, Breeze they, didn't even play. Yeah, they got beat up by the Panthers a little bit. Um, but they, they had a tough game against the Steelers. They still put up 31 there. They had uh, uh, 28 points against the Bucs. They, they only beat the Panthers in, in week uh, 15, 12-9. So, I mean, they had a couple of off weeks late in the year. Um, I feel like you know they they should have beat the Panthers by more. They should have probably beat the Saints or the Steelers by more. But what can you do? Now the Saints, I think that they could start off quiet, but at the same time, if they come out and they put up forty points, it's going to be real, real tough 
for the Eagles to keep up with him. Michael Thomas is the uh, other other than one guy that that I'm going to be mentioning in a little while. Michael Thomas is the playmaker for them. Uh, especially at the wide receiver position. I don't see any other receivers out there on that field that are doing the same things that he's doing. And he was a beast last year. Big thorn in the side of my Vikings in that divisional round. We got away with one with that miracle catch, but the reason that they were still in that game wasn't just Drew Brees. It was Michael Thomas. And there was no way for Xavier Rhodes even to, to shut him down because Xavier Rhodes, being one of the best corners in the league, had a hard time shutting him down. Michael Thomas finds himself in the end zone. He's a red zone threat. He's a possession guy. He can do the deep ball. He can do it all. He's kind of like what, what we would call like a five-tool player. So I like Michael Thomas. I think you're absolutely right. I think he's going to have himself a big game. And, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, just a scary, scary human being if, if he's not matched up properly. Number seven, Aaron Donald. Um, disrupting players all, all year. I, I think that's going to continue. I think he's going to give uh, Dak Prescott a uh, uh, a rough get, a rough day. Uh, the the Cowboys' offensive line, even without Frederick, very good. Yes, still very good. Uh, Prescott's been protected really well. I also think Prescott has the ability to move around with his legs really well, which which makes him an asset for the Cowboys. Um, I like the um, I, I I like the pick. At the same time, I don't think he's going to be as disruptive as we believe. Two sacks. What was that? I'm going to give him, he's going to get two sacks. And he's going to get two? I, I don't know if he's going to be as disruptive as we believe. Um, you know, that 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 I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Rams' offense at this point in time, or the Rams' defense, rather. I don't have a lot of faith in them. The Rams' defense has, has been less than stellar. Um, number 19 in the league, eh, I, I just don't buy him. Uh, do I, do I hope Aaron Donald gets through and, and starts throwing people around? Sure. Sure. I, I hope he does. Do I think that Aaron Donald will, will be as disruptive as we've normally seen him? Uh, don't know. It depends on how much Prescott is able to move around the pocket. Um, whether or not Prescott is able to step up in the pocket and properly deliver the football, how quickly Amari Cooper gets open. Um, and it also depends on how much Aaron Donald is going to be looking at Ezekiel Elliott. And a lot of that, like we always say, the Dallas offense runs through Ezekiel Elliott. So that's kind of where we're at there. Okay. Number six, Melvin Gordon. I think uh, Rivers has had a rough few weeks. I think I, I, even though I think they're going to win this game, I think Melvin Gordon would be a big part of that. Melvin Gordon was weirdly quiet last week. I mean, I get it. They were bringing a lot of blitz with Baltimore. Um, but I think Melvin Gordon was was weirdly quiet. He's been weirdly quiet for a couple of weeks now. Um, 42 yards, 41 yards against your boys. Um, you know, on the regular season, he only has 885 yards. Uh, he did miss a couple of games. Yeah. It, it, he, I mean, 9 for 28. He... He missed a couple of games. Would he have broken a thousand? Yeah, probably. Um, but really, Melvin Gordon weirdly quiet. Yeah. Uh, I I would like to see Melvin Gordon turn it up. I hope that the the Chargers allow him to turn it up. A lot of it has also been he's been competing for carries with Austin Eckler. I think that's that's another thing. I think Eckler has been taking stuff away from him a little bit. Uh, the the Chargers have been a little little pass heavy, and I think they almost had to be against the Ravens. Uh, especially with them bringing blitz all the time, but ultimately Melvin Gordon is going to have to to turn it up and and do what Melvin Gordon does. 
and that Chargers offensive line is going to have to open up those running lanes for him that they didn't see against Baltimore. So you're you're gonna you're gonna see hopefully I I hope you see Melvin Gordon tear things up. I really that's, do. That's what I'm predicting. Yeah, I, I hope you see him do it, especially against Tom Brady and the Patriots, um, who don't have that stellar of a defense. Um, so I want to see if Melvin Gordon can get it done. Number five, Zeke Elliott. Zeke. He's the only, he's the one shining. He's the shining piece for this Cowboys team. I think I think he's going to have a great game. It's just not going to be enough. Zeke. Um, I think Zeke is incredible. I, I think he's just amazing. Um, you gotta love everything that Ezekiel Elliott does uh, with that offense to open things up. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's amazing. He, he really is. He's amazing. And and any team that takes him on is gonna have their work cut out for him. Um, whether it's it's the Rams, which they they're definitely gonna have trouble. They were twenty third in the league in rushing defense. I think Zeke is is going to um, run all over him. To be honest with you, I don't. I think that they're going to have a, a a big problem with that. And then you know we see this. This is a common thing you kind of see, especially with three four defenses. It, it's required of the linebackers to come up and make those tackles um, rather than having just that big fat monstrous you know defensive front four to hit the guy at the line of scrimmage. Mm. So it's it's a pretty common thing uh, for the linebackers to have to make those tackles. So you know three four that's really they, where they're defending the pass a little bit more. They're they're still going to have to come up and, and make tackles, and they're going to give up three four yards unless they're blitzing two linebackers at a time. So it kind of makes for a weird situation. But I think Zeke is going to do exactly what you said. He's going to run all over the Rams. He's going to have himself a big game. Will it be good enough? I don't think so. But you know. You could see very well see Ezekiel Elliott stomp the yard uh, this upcoming game against the Rams. And I, and I do think he's going to have a very, very good game. Number four, Drew Brees. Without a doubt. He's, he's going to have a great game. He's, he, as long as he's in the playoffs, he's on your list. Yes, he's, thir- he's thirsty for a Super Bowl. He arguably got Robert one last year. Yep. Um, I think they're going to come out hot. Yeah, Drew Brees is um, a scary man. That's, that's exactly what he is. Uh, he got signed to that two-year, $50 million extension in the offseason, $25 million a year. Um, Breeze is ready to rock, and you know he's going to be ready to rock. And and will he have his work cut out for him You know, against the Dallas defense? I think so. Um, Dallas did rank fifth against the rush. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be looking at their passing stats here in a minute. But Dallas did do mm, – They're playing the, the and Eagles. Eagles. Oh, wait. Oh, they're playing the Eagles. That's right. I'm I'm getting them all mixed up here, um, but anyway, oh I know I know, cut me a break. Uh, the Eagles were seventh against the rush, so either way they were ranked real high. So Drew Brees is going to have to take to the skies here. Um, the Eagles now the Eagles secondary stepped up last week. Yes, they they stepped up last week. They shut down Mitchell Trubisky. Um, people were and now the, the their secondary ranked thirtieth in the league this season. Um, it could be a rough day for the it, Eagles. It could. It could. Now their their defense did really well. Their 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 defensive backs were on par. They were knocking uh, balls out of the air. But here's the thing: I, Trubisky is not Breeze yet. No. When no. it comes to change your game plan, Breeze is going to do what he has to 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 change it up and get the job done. I'm going to go ahead and say Trubisky will never be Breeze. Oh, I agree. He'll never be Breeze. I don't think uh, there's there's going to be it, it's a 
It takes a lot to be Drew Brees. Yes. Okay? Trubisky is not Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a monster. That's what he is. He's a monster. And and for for such a he, he's a he's only a five foot nine guy, but he is a, a very short monster. But he is a monster, okay. <laughs> um, by but Drew Brees is Drew Brees. Drew Brees is going to do what Drew Brees does. Drew Brees. I mean, he could very well shred this Eagles defense. Now the Eagles secondary was very 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 good last week. They shut down Mitchell Trubisky. They shut down that that naggy um, offense that we saw. Correct. Uh, Really, and, and Nagy has had those. It's those trick plays that have got them to the the promised land, that got them into the playoffs, that got them to take that division in Chicago. Um, that's what it did. Philly is going to have a whole different animal with Michael Thomas running around. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is is getting ready to, to march into town, and they're going to have a whole different animal trying to stop Alvin Kamara. Yeah, and you know, Ingram. So, and Ingram. Um, I, and and I don't think they're going to have as hard of a time stopping Ingram. I think the Eagles' front seven they they ranks one of the highest in the league, but um, their front seven I, I think with Ingram it's going to be a different story. I think they're going to have to stop that passing game of uh, Drew Brees, and that's what they're going to do. I think Drew Brees is going to try and rain it down on them uh, this upcoming week. So I agree with you, Drew Brees. Number three, Todd Gurley. Gurley, and he's back. He's fresh. He's ready. He's basically he basically could have played in Week 15 as we talked about. But he's, he's been sitting ready. He's, he's arguably the most fresh player in the playoffs. Rested for three weeks. Rested for three weeks. That's that's the big thing. And because he, he was probable to play in week 15. Like, you know what? We got it. We'll, we'll get through it. I hope we see him. I hope we see him just rock it. I, I, I really, really, he's, he's arguably the freshest player going um, going into this weekend, um, with the exception of Hunter Henry. Yeah. Um, he's going to have his, his work cut out a little bit with Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, I, I think yeah, that's D- Dallas Rundy's good. It's top five, number five, number five in the league, and that's where I got my mix up there. Dallas Rundy, number five in the league, um, but Gurley isn't just dangerous on the ground. Yeah, Gurley can be dangerous catching out of the backfield too. And Dallas's uh, passing defense was ranked thirteen, um, so they're going to have a little bit harder of a time. And a lot of this, I think, a lot of uh, Gurley's success catching out of the backfield and, and running the football is going to be dependent on how well. Guys like Cooks can get open, you know, and how much Robert Woods can get open. Yep. You don't have Cooper Cup out there anymore, so so that's going to raise um, that's going to raise some issues there uh, for for Jared Goff. But I, I if if Goff is is uh, smart, he's going to be looking to me. It's I think the guy that that uh, could open things up a lot would be Robert Woods, and and if he does so, then Todd Gurley is just going to have a field day. Hundred percent. Number two, Patrick Mahomes. Duh. Uh, he's gonna have a great game with Colts defense. It's still not great, but growing. Um, like I said earlier, D- D- Darius Leonard's gonna give him uh, some uh, some trouble, but it's gonna take a lot more than one guy to to shut him down. Mahomes gonna have a great great week. League MVP. That's Absolutely. that's that's what you basically say. There, league MVP led the team in in touchdowns, threw the ball over the yard. The man is, could he be the next big thing in the NFL? I mean, right now he's a big thing this season. I mean, it's a small sample size. It's one season. I want to see if he can do this for year after year over year over year over year over year. And if he does, great. Patrick Mahomes, welcome to the party. I, I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. Good arm. Um, trick passes, and he knows how to throw on the run. Reminds me of Doug Flutie when he when he throws on the run like that. Doug Flutie used to yeah. be real good at that. Um, you know, really got to love it. Uh I, I like I like Mahomes. I think he's got he's got a, a 
he's going to have an easier time than people expect him to against the, the Colts defense. He's going to throw the ball all over the place. But Patrick Mahomes will be outdueled by number one, Andrew Luck. Oh, you really think he's going to be outdueled? That's the bold prediction for the Wow. Outdueled by Andrew Luck. More touchdowns, more yards. Now, I'm a card carrying member of the Andrew Luck fan Me club, too. just like you. I love Andrew Luck. I think he's a great player. Um, will he be outdueled? I don't know. I don't know that Andrew Luck has enough pieces on the field, and I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know that, that uh, they're, they're going to have enough healthy guys. That's that's the big problem I've got is is the health of the the Indianapolis Colts to get things done. Um, so so there's that. I I I believe that that um, I believe that that the health of the Indianapolis Colts is going to hinder Andrew Luck, and and the ride stops here. And they they've had a very admirable season. They've had a very good season, um, but I think the Chiefs are just going to going to mangle the the Colts here. Going into this weekend, now, um, Tyler, uh, we we finished the top ten, but but as per the norm, I am uh, going to go ahead and and uh, interject. My I own. figured. Uh, so it is time for a little thing we like to call Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five. And I, I know you're going to listen to some good guys. This is hard for me to do because despite it only being eight teams, there's still a lot of good players. A lot of good players, a lot of big names, and, and that's one thing, just names. Names, names, names um, across the board. And, and I would actually say that, that some of these teams that are in the playoffs right now, they've got like what would best be described as like an embarrassment of riches, um, if you look at a few of them. Uh, but I'm going to go I, – I even have an honorable here. Um, honorable mention, uh, and this one, my, my heart goes out to him. Um, his, his child, uh, passed away this, this past week, Brandon Meebane, uh, the defensive tackle out of the, uh, LA Chargers here. Uh, his daughter passes away. He has decided to return to team activities, um, in spite of that. Now, we, we knew his daughter was born with, with certain, uh, medical deficiencies. We knew that. His daughter passes away, and this man, he's, he's oh man, he, there, there's going to be a lot of emotion there, there's going to be a lot of, of, of um, hostility there, that man is coming to play, and that man's going to make make some noise this week. If, if Brandon Meebane doesn't make any noise this week, I'll be surprised. I have a feeling he's going to come through uh, for, for Phillip Rivers and, and the Chargers, which brings me to number five. Um, on the forgetful or the forgotten five this time is is Philip Rivers. And he's in a, he's in a funk right now. He's in a funk. He is. But I, I truly believe he come he can come out of that this week and uh, and uh, air it out and get it done. Yeah, he, you got a very iffy Patriots defense. You got a, a Patriots defense that that really has been void of a number one corner for a while. It's been Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. The way it's been for years and years and years. Um, Philip Rivers is is ready to rock. I think, and and you're going to see a lot, those three big the, that big three of of Tyrell Williams, of Mike Williams, and of Keenan Allen. The big three is going to come out. Plus, you got the two big tight ends now. You got Antonio Gates, and now you got Hunter Henry coming back. And you got Melvin Gordon and, you got, and Eckler. Oh yeah, this, he's, this team's ready to go. Embarrassment of riches. That that's the best way. 
and people have discounted. We we also we, we, you know one guy that had a pick last week. People have discounted the ability of this secondary. We can't forget they've got a a, um, a day back there, and they have uh, um, uh, they have Jason Verrett back there. I mean, you you have this this embarrassment of riches. Uh, Derwin James is back there. You know, so you have you have two great safeties. You this, have a great this corner. Is a very very talented team. Very talented. Very good on defense, but they're the unsung heroes. You don't hear things about that 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 secondary a whole lot. Nope, you don't. That secondary is incredibly good. I'm excited, and and uh, a guy that that people weren't talking about that they should have been talking about that that I mean even against especially against your Ravens, um, he made a couple of great plays. Was Desmond King? Desmond King with the the big kick return. He's he's playing kick returner right now. He's also their number two corner. Desmond King. He had a pick. And he had a big kick return. Yes, he did. So I mean, he he tore it up. So you gotta like Desmond King. Um, Philip Rivers is gonna come out and rock this they thing. Still got Bosa. They got um, Melvin Ingram. Like they got a talented, talented team. Corey Legion is another one we don't hear about a lot. The defensive tackle. I mean, he. This is gonna be exciting, and I I think the Chargers are ready to go. They don't have a lot of injuries on this team, and and Rivers. Now that he, you know, he he just. You got to remember, he took on the number one defense in the league last week. 160 yards against the number one defense in the league. I can't even be mad at him. I can't. I can't be mad at him. I mean, it's more of a testament to how good the Baltimore Ravens' defense is. I agree. You know, but but it. I mean, Rivers now he's taking on a crappy defense, really. And and, so he needs to step up. And if if he if he puts under 200 yards, they lose this game. Yeah, Rivers is is going to start chucking it all over the yard, and I'm excited to see it. So. Uh, number four goes to T.Y. Hilton for the your your Indianapolis yeah, Colts. This is another one I really wanted to put on there, and uh, T.Y. is going to have a great game. He, he's definitely deserving to be talked about here, and him and Andrew Luck have been a nice dynamic duo. T.Y.'s had a good year. He's had a very good year. He's been um, the number one target for Andrew Luck. He's been uh, the the guy that, from a receiving standpoint, uh, has has put the team on his back from a yardage standpoint. Um, obviously, you know Eric Ebron is is the big name in the red zone. Eric Ebron gets yeah. the thirteen touchdowns this year, was it? I mean, so he had a big year. It's his biggest year he's ever had. Not really big from a yardage standpoint for Ebron, but very big from a touchdown standpoint. T. Y. Hilton has himself a big year. T. Y. Hilton's going to go out and have himself another big game. He had a couple of big plays in this last game. Uh, you know, T. Y. is good for it, um, especially against a a Kansas City defense that is could be void of Eric Berry. Yeah, could be possible. So if they are void of Eric Berry, you could see T.Y. Hilton getting open a little more. Could get interesting. So pay attention to T.Y. Hilton. Number three goes to Elshon Jeffrey. Un, un, unsung quiet hero saving Nick Foles' ass. Oh, over and over again. Yes. Over and over and over again, he has saved Nick Foles' ass. Uh, a lot of third and longs he was he was making some incredible catches on. Uh the, his catches, you know, he only had 83 yards last game, but uh, I, I'd probably say six of those catches were for third down, were on third down, and that got him first downs. Yeah, and yeah. He he was amazing. Um, Elshon Jeffrey, he was great in Chicago. He's he's great here, uh, and and he's got good hands. He's he's been a long ball receiver, he, and and it's really it's really kind of helping him here. Gotta love uh, Elshon Jeffrey. I think he's going to have himself a fun game. Uh, this upcoming week against that Saints uh, defense, there uh, they, they 
Lattimore is going to have to cover him. Oh, which, yeah, 100%. Which, which makes for a very fun day. But at the same time, the Eagles still have Zach Ertz running around there. So that, that gets things uh, pretty interesting. Uh, number two, your number one target for your boy Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. The playmaker. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to have himself a great game. He gets himself open. He's quicker than just about anybody in the league. It's going to be hard to stop for the Colts defense. Greasy, fast speed. Uh, the man, he catches a ball underneath, and he takes it to the house almost every time. Yeah. You're, you see, you know, uh, uh, 70, 80-yard runs sometimes. You know, Tyreek Hill just getting rack after rack after rack. You know, I mean, it's just it's insane. Um, Hill's going to have himself a good game. I think uh, Mahomes is going to be looking his way a lot. You're going to see, and and that Colt secondary is really going to, they've stepped up, but they're going to have to watch him, and it's going to be really hard to defend somebody that's so quick with such good hands. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it and and if they can if they're going to double them or what they're going to what they're going to get done uh, with uh, Tyreek Hill. And last but not least, and a guy we talked about a little bit earlier, number one goes to Alvin Kamara. I want to point out that last week when I when I did the top ten for Wild Card on, I had Kamara on mine and you had Michael Thomas, and now we're sitting vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the key here is Saints offense is going to be a force to reckon with. Yeah, the the offense is going to be going to be huge. Um, I have Alvin Kamara, and the reason I've got Alvin Kamara is I think that uh, passing out of the backfield, the Eagles are going to have a lot of trouble. The you know the secondary for the Eagles really stepped up. They did. But when it came to passes out of the backfield from the Chicago Bears, they had trouble stopping a lot of those. Tariq Cohen had himself actually a pretty good time, um, and and there were even even little little pitches. What the Chicago liked to they always liked these little plays where they would fake a handoff, they'd stand back for a pass, the running back would get open, and Trubisky would kind of fling him the ball, kind of just overhand toss him the ball, you know, uh, or kind of underhand, kind of in a way. It was like knuckles up. Yeah, but uh, he would kind of fling him the ball, and and they had trouble even stopping those types of runs every now and then. Um, you you got to see a few of the receivers come through and and take reverses, and they had trouble stopping those reverses. So you could see a little bit of those trick plays out of Alvin Kamara. You could see Alvin Kamara getting passes out of the backfield. He's a speedster. They're gonna have trouble keeping up with him, and and the line is gonna have trouble stopping him. Uh, the the secondary is gonna be so focused on guys like Michael Thomas that you you could see him. Go all over the place. So I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, he's going to have a, he's going to have himself a great game. Yep, and and that front seven's really good at at stopping uh, um, Melvin Ingram. They're going to or not Melvin Ingram. Um, I'm losing Mark my Ingram. Mark Ingram. Thank you, Jesus. I'm losing my mind. Uh, Marking. They're going to have such a hard time stopping Ingram there. It that it's, it's going to cause some issues here. They're 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 going to have. They know they're going to have to bring blitz because if you let Ingram run loose. Ingram's going to tear you up. Absolutely. So so they're going to have to come up. And uh, with that, that is the uh, Forgotten Five. And the end of the show. And the end of the show. It's episode 26. 27. 26. 26. Okay, you're right. Yep, 26. Um, episode 26 in the books. Um, and Tyler, it's it's divisional weekend. It's always a big it's the weekend. divisional round. It's a good round. Divisional round. So uh, with that, uh, we're going to just uh, be taking off here. Quick, uh, quick shout out to our sponsor over there at IYT Massage. It's your time massage. Check Amanda out at IYTMassage.com. She's a tremendous massage therapist. Tyler's uh, going to have to get one here um, very soon. Yeah, Tyler's sister got a massage. Yeah, she's getting a massage as as we're recording today. She's getting a massage, so that's cool. Um, 
feel free to come out, uh, get yourself a massage at, at uh, It's Your Time Massage. Um, it'll make you feel 10 times better. And uh, Tyler, that's our show, man. That's, that's it. our show. Episode it should be 26. a good weekend of, of playoffs. and uh, Playoffs? Playoffs? Playoffs. Um, so uh, episode 26 is in the books. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you uh, next week. For uh, for conference round, yes, for conference round for to see who's going to the bowl. Um, we're we're rounding out the uh, 2018 2019 season here. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, have yourselves a wonderful night, and we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at the outside blitz at gmail.com.